right? I came in and said, you know, this role entirely is not for me and I'm going to make some sort of change, whether it's right a different role in the company or whether I leave the company entirely. But if you can pick a specific area, right, where it's, you know, maybe you want to work from home one day a week because you, there's a lot of distractions in the office. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Over the years on this podcast, we've tried to show you every single angle of what happens when you decide to stop settling, make a career change, and live your strengths as well as deciding what you want and going after it in your life and in your career. We have shown you the ups and the downs as people are making career changes. We've shared many of those stories on the podcast in the past. You have certainly gotten the glimpse and snapshot of what happens when you're super excited and just accepted the job offer. We've had many of those stories on the on the show. What we haven't done as much is show you what happens many years after you've made a career change, many years after you've decided, you know what, I'm not going to do work and I'm not going to do life the way that I have in the past. Instead, I'm going to be much more intentional. Instead, I'm going to decide what I want and go find it in the world. And There's some really curious things that happen after you've gone through that type of life experience and after you've decided I'm going to be much more strategic and intentional about how I am doing life and work from here on out. And that's exactly what we want to share with you. This episode is part of a series called Where Are They Now? Where we bring back the very same people that made career changes, sometimes 18 months, sometimes years ago to show the impacts of just that one single change. Take a listen. Just focus on on that little ask where it's not this big, massive thing that you're going to have to change in your role. It's just one thing where maybe one day a week or one day a month, you don't have to fight with traffic. You can get a little bit more done and you, and you kind of buy yourself a little bit of room where you don't feel like the company's taking advantage of you. And then go back and show that by doing that, you were able to produce more and it's really helping the company out as well. That's Jason Bowman. It's been two years since Jason took up his new role that he actually pitched to the company and absolutely created totally different than what he thought he was going to do when he started working with us, right? Since then, his company has acquired over 15 new businesses and he's been lucky enough to be involved in making sure They have everything they need from a systems perspective. Now, one of the greatest lessons that he's learned is that things keep changing and he has to keep up with that at many costs. When Jason first brought up the conversation about his new position, well, he confessed how intimidating it was and that he was ready for the worst case scenario. But as Jason and I start the conversation. You'll hear how he goes back and reflects over that situation. As I was making the transition, I was leading a group of consultants at a company. So I was in a management position 
I was working on a software solution, so it was still very technical. And I don't know how far back you want to go, but in college, I studied engineering. So the, the technical piece was, was really kind of nice. I was working with clients, uh, which also tied into a master's in education that I had. And I was leading a, a team of 11 people. Uh, so I, w- I got some management experience that I had always kind of strived for. So on paper, it was exactly the job that I would have crafted for myself. It had all the components that I thought were important to me, but I kind of looked up one day and realized that it doesn't feel right, that this isn't where I want to be, something isn't where it needs to be. And uh, I kind of had gotten to a point where I had spent too much time kind of in my own head and talking with my closest friends and family. And and my wife kind of gave me a kick in the pants that I need to go and work with a, a business coach. And then working through a coach from Happen to Your Career, identified some things I needed to change. So I was able to move into a new position within the same company, same department, but instead of leading a consulting team, I uh, took over our offerings of how we were selling the services and looking over education of the trainings that we do for our client. Why did that feel like a better fit to you at the time? What were some of the differences if we're looking back? Mm-hmm. This is almost two years ago at this point, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, part of it was, you know, personnel as part of moving to this new role, I changed who I reported to, which was a big portion of it. But I also got to really look at not just delivering on the things that had already been kind of put into a contract and just kind of making sure the machine was still running. I really got to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and help craft some of, of how are we putting the machine together, so to speak, and, and looking at you know, the way that we're pricing this offering isn't working. Let's tweak it. Uh, this one's not working anymore. Let's just stop selling it. Here's uh, one that we keep hearing complaints of, of something that we need. Let's go ahead and create a new offering. So it was, it was getting a chance to get out of just running the organization and get a chance to kind of craft how it works. Why was that such a big deal for you? That whole mm-hmm. idea of crafting how it works, if you will. Sure. Well, yeah, as part of, you know, working through my time with with Lisa Lewis, right, as my coach, she kind of helped me identify that I have a bit of an entrepreneurial bug in me. So getting a chance to kind of not just be the frontline manager and, and get a chance to look at kind of how the mechanics work behind the business uh, was definitely appealing with the idea of eventually branching out and running my own organization. So that definitely was a big piece of it. Yeah, and I think it also in part goes back to kind of the tie-in with my engineering education background, being able to kind of take things apart and put them back together. So it was really kind of twofold there for sure. Okay. So that whole entrepreneurial bug, I know we talked a little bit about that briefly when we had you on the first time, but it sounds like you've been able to nurture that a little bit in what was a new role at the time for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Now let's get into let's get into what's happened since then. Have you been able to nurture that anyplace else? Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot that's changed in the in the last two years. So much has changed, Jason. Oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But and even within the role that I'm in now, it has kind of morphed even further. Over the last two years, our company has acquired over fifteen 
different businesses. Wow. So I've, I've gotten involved in uh, some of the merger acquisition pieces, not so much before the deal, right, of due diligence and any of, of that type of work, but after we bought the company, looking at how do they run their professional services operations, kind of aligning it with what we do, making sure that they have what they need from a systems perspective. So that's been a really exciting piece that I've been able to work on with many of those 15 acquired companies. And then as a result, so my role has kind of transformed less so much looking at the offerings that we're selling and more looking at the operations of the departments uh, and, and helping to one, set the standard, and two, make sure that the new people coming in are, are working towards that standards. That was something that maybe two years ago I didn't necessarily know that I wanted, but yeah, as I've been going through, it's something that I definitely enjoy, uh, and, and I'm glad that I've been able to get that opportunity in my role kind of transforming into this operations. That is That is very cool. Where else have you been able to satisfy that entrepreneurial bug? I did do some kind of testing. I kind of played out being a coach myself with uh, with some people that I, I knew, and it didn't quite fulfill me in the way that I, I was envisioning, but probably even more so as, as I, I did a lot of networking with other like-minded you know, people that are in a job that have entrepreneurial aspirations and, and got into a, a mastermind group through a mutual friend. So I've been a part of that probably for the last year and a half now. And what's really interesting is as I was meeting more entrepreneurial minded people, people that had started their own businesses that were kind of do, you know, running things. I realized that, you know, entrepreneurs are a unique breed that, you know, they're very much, I see everything as an opportunity. They're nonstop full of ideas and, you know, things that they want to start and, you know, just dive in and take action. And I realized in talking with them that I had some of that, but I'm a lot more analytical. I like to think things through. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a million ideas kind of coming to me all the time. And I realized that I'm more of the kind of the integrator, uh, right? Working alongside a visionary to help, you know, take these, you know, hundred different ideas of what the business could be and breaking it down into, okay, what are we specifically going to take action on? So not only was my role transforming at work, it was kind of simultaneously as I was self-identifying that I'm probably more of a, a, a better number two running kind of the operations behind the scenes of a new business as opposed to kind of just going out and doing it all on my own. That's super cool. And you mentioned this concept of designing small experiment. And that's definitely something we've talked about quite a bit on the Happen to Your Career podcast. And actually, if you want to hear an entire episode on our, our concepts for designing experiments, you can actually go to Google, search Happen to Your Career Designing Experiments, and it'll pop right up, including the podcast episode. But for you, it sounds like that was pretty interesting, but also critical in allowing you to arrive to some of those conclusions that hey, maybe I'm not meant to be necessarily the visionary type portion of it. And when you say entrepreneurial, there's some very specific things that you mean and are associated with that now. And it sounds like had you not done a little bit of that experimentation, you wouldn't have had that type of feedback to be able to come to those conclusions. Am I getting that right, first of all? And then I'm curious what else you learned from that. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right on with that. It's... Uh, in part, right, I had kind of in my my head what being an entrepreneurial you know person meant. And I think as as I've been going on this journey, I'm realizing it doesn't necessarily have to be the same for every person. There are you know the people that 
you know, have started numbers of businesses in their, in their lifetime, right? Grow and sell, or, you know, maybe it doesn't work out and they start a new thing. You know, they do have uh, a certain type of characteristic, but that doesn't mean that that's the only type of people that can get into business ownership and can be an entrepreneur. So I'm continuing to learn and see how I fit into that realm, even though I'm realizing that I'm more of the operations person as opposed to kind of a, a traditional founder that you might or at least that I thought of uh, up to this point. Yeah. So with that transition two years ago, where you shifted into a completely different role, but still within the same organization, and it sounds like even even you know similar section of the company, what, what do you feel like was the biggest thing that you learned during that transition? The biggest thing I learned was just how much things just keep changing. Uh, you know, in part, right, we acquired a lot of companies, but it's, you know, as I went into that role, I really was excited to work on the offerings of, you know, how we sell our consulting services. But, you know, what I learned as I went through that is that really it was more the training piece that our senior leadership was looking to really grow. The the consulting arm was doing pretty well. And yeah, we could tweak offerings and there's some new new opportunities that are out there. But training had really been something that hadn't been, you know, being successful and so I, I ended up having to put a lot more of my time towards that than the offering piece. And so, right, it just kind of goes to show that uh, businesses, are, you know, grow and evolve and, and change and the market kind of dictates how things turn out. And so as we were working on improving the, the trainings, uh, we were finding that a lot of clients really wanted small, quick hits uh, free trainings that give them just the simple stuff. They didn't. They weren't looking to, you know, buy full day training courses to cover everything A to Z. And so we, we continually had to keep kind of tweaking what we we're putting together to meet what the clients were asking for. That's interesting. How have you seen that set of learnings then impact both your work and as well as anything you have done outside of that role over the last two years? It's a good question. I, mean, I think it's still lessons that I'm I'm learning as I look, you know, branching out on my own, you know, partnering as kind of an operations person, you know, that you can't come up with a product offering kind of in a vacuum. You, you need to <laughs> really get a good handle on what people are asking for, and probably even more importantly, is what they're willing to to pay for. Because even if they tell you that this is exactly what I want, and you put it together, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to pay you for it. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I feel like this is the lesson that anybody that's affiliated with any kind of business or marketing or sales or product development, <laughs> all of those touch this exact area. Um, I myself have had to learn this lesson multiple times. So <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that you're getting to learn it and have been learning it on an ongoing basis over the last two years. What do you think, a totally different question for you, but you know, I was just thinking about your transition and I think that what you did, and if you want to listen to his past episodes so that you have the context, definitely go back and listen to that. We were playing it right before this in your podcast feed as well, but go back and listen to it because I think you did a really nice job. One, clarifying more about what you wanted. And I know, you know, that's part of the reason we got to sit front row is we were working with you on, on that, but then you went and had what can be some you know more more difficult conversations for some people in the world 
to be able to express how you wanted something different or were interested in you know taking on different types of projects and then that evolved into a new opportunity one am i remembering that correctly it's been a long time since we had that that conversation and then two my question from that is as you were doing that what really helped you to navigate through that because it wasn't a one and done type process it was an ongoing thing that kept evolving if I understood correctly. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, sitting here now trying to think back because I, I feel like I've had uh, numerous kind of similar type of conversations yeah. you know, since then, uh, you know, maybe to a lesser degree, but, you know, because I had that first conversation, you know, it's been easier to bring up, Hey, here's where I see I can add a lot of value in kind of the acquisition front and Hey, I'm starting to realize that I like this operation stuff. Can I, you know, take on more of those types of things but, you know, I'm remembering back two years ago when I went in and said, hey, I, this role isn't for me. I'm looking to make a change. It was really scary. I was mentally preparing that they were going to, you know, show me to the door. And, and that was going to be my the end of my career uh, at the company. Tarring and feathering and the whole exactly. works. Here's your exactly. box thrown out on the curb. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was very intimidating. And, it, you know, so I think part of it was I had to think through the worst case scenario and realize that worst case, I would be okay. I would leave the company. I would go figure out something else to do, and, and it, it would be it would be fine. It might not be my ideal, but it would be okay. I think the other part of it, as I was going in the conversation, is I was thinking about what was best for me, but I was also framing it in value add to the company as well. You know, I, I came from a, a standpoint of I'm trying to be very transparent. I also picked that timing because we were looking at kind of year end evaluations, and they were determining raises and bonuses. You know, I came in and said that I wanted to make it known that I wasn't leaving immediately, but I probably wasn't going to be here, at least in this role long term. And if they wanted to kind of reallocate some funds around that, they could do that. And I think coming from a place of value add and looking at the big picture and what's best for the company, as well as yourself, made that a much easier conversation. And then on the back end, I was just 100% ready that if they showed me the door, that it would be painful and it would be hard, but I would be okay. I'm thinking about that and I've been in that exact situation and it, it is hard, <laughs> but I, I think that's something else that we all know to be true is that, you know, when we can come up with those worst case scenarios, rarely does the worst case scenario actually happen. I would say that from all of the conversations that I have ever been a part of or been a witness to or been on the receiving end of or being, been on the opposite end of whatever uh, experience, almost all of them turn out way better than what people imagine they will be, as long as they're doing what you said, which is going into it, trying to look at how to make this a win-win. How can this be not just good for me, but also good for the company? And how can I approach it in that partnership type mentality? So one, really nice job doing that because it's easy to sit here you know, two years later on a podcast and say that. It's much more difficult to actually do that in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm curious about something that you said. You said, hey, since then, since I've had that initial conversation or set of conversations, it's been much easier to bring up the same type of topic. And it sounds like part of what you meant was um, continuing to structure or you know create your your career path or evolve your position. Or you tell me what you what you meant by that when you were saying it. But also, what's made it easier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right as I mentioned. You know, 
business evolves, you know, I'm learning more about myself and kind of what I, I envision my you know career being, you know, I keep seeing little tweaks and little room for improvements and projects that I'd like to get more involved in or, or projects that, you know, I, I'm doing, but really aren't in my, my strength zone. And it's all those types of conversations of trying to take on more work that's interesting and the things that you're doing that aren't exciting that you know, might not be as important. Are there other people or other ways that we can get that done to free up more of your time? Uh, so th- those have been kind of the, the types of conversations I've been having. I think is why it's been easier. I think first, because I myself went through that first conversation and it turned out way better than I had expected. So there's a little bit less fear every other time I, I go in. Yeah. And I also think, right, the organization, since I basically came in and said, hey, I'm leaving, but I don't know when yet. And they've kept me around. I think that they know that whenever I come and I say, hey, I want to take on this thing, I'm not being selfish. I, I really see opportunity for improvement. So I think it, it gave me a little bit of you know, benefit of the doubt by you know, really coming from, from that value early on. That's so interesting, especially since any time, not any time, but a lot of the times, when we talk about these types of difficult conversations that you might have with a boss or uh, yeah, boss's boss or anybody who has influence in you know, whether maybe you stay or go or hey, has some kind of power or authority, there is that trepidation or is that fear there. And we do jump to those worst case scenarios. But what I'm hearing you say is that from your experience, you, you know, having that initial conversation has led to a lot of I would say far reaching impacts as well, because now <laughs> not only is it easier for you because you've done it, you've you know gotten the t-shirt, been there, practiced, and you know, feel more confident about it, it sounds like. But then too, something else that it sounds like maybe you didn't anticipate is they consider when you come and have a conversation, it sounds like your words carry more weight now as well, because they know what is what is behind them. Uh, and I'm guessing probably a higher level of credibility too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny as you're, as you're saying that it, it realized that it does happen. And I don't know that it's necessarily that I think that I'm smarter or better than, than anyone else. It's, it's just, uh, I, you know, I keep showing up and trying to figure out what's best for the business. And I, I think that's what, you know, then takes what I say with, you know, it seems to have a little bit more clout. I, I love that. Um, so <laughs> give you some context for why I love that so much. Actually, there's a lot of different reasons, way more than we have time for within this conversation. But Jason, I get emails, I would say almost every day from people that are in a situation where they feel like they have bosses or companies that are taking advantage of them in one way or another. Mm. And well, that is true more than I would like to think about. That does happen from time to time. But when I start digging in with these people or as my team has conversations with them, a lot of times we realize that there are behaviors there where they're allowing people to take advantage of them, basically because they're saying, hey, it's okay to treat me this way. And you know whether that is simply continually working past business hours many, 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 many days in a row. Maybe they haven't actually told them differently or anything else. But the reason that I I love the conversations that you've had so much is because part of what you did, whether you meant to or not, 
is you began drawing boundaries there and declaring what you actually wanted and needed in a way that was good for you and the organization. And that is something that really is difficult to do for all the reasons that we've talked about, but it paves the way to being able to continue to do so again and again and again and again. And this is the world's longest compliment ever, but, <laughs> but really, really, really nice job. So what, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm curious, you know, since you've been there, done that, what advice would you give to people that might find themselves in that, that situation where they want to take more control of their career path, uh, or they want to have some of these more difficult conversations with their boss or boss's boss or whoever might have a vested interest there? Mm. Yeah, I would recommend starting small, right? My example is, right, I came in and said, you know, this role entirely is not for me, and I'm going to make some sort of change, whether it's right a different role in the company or whether I leave the company entirely. But if you can pick a specific area, right, where it's, you know, maybe you want to work from home one day a week because there's a lot of distractions in the office. And how can you frame if I work from home an afternoon, here's the results of where I got more work done. I, I was interrupted less. You know, I didn't have as many people stopping by and I was able to get the really important things done, right? Start with something small like that or whatever is your biggest pain point. And then just, just focus on, on that little ask where it's not this big, massive thing that you're going to have to change in your role. It's just one thing where maybe one day a week or one day a month, you don't have to fight with traffic you can get a little bit more done and you, and you kind of buy yourself a little bit of room where you don't feel like the company's taking advantage of you and then go back and show that by doing that, you were able to produce more and it's really helping the company out as well. I really like that idea of starting small. Then it's not so intimidating too. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about, hey, I was <laughs> I was super fearful about what was going to happen and imagining the worst case scenario as you went in and had that big conversation. But if that had happened over time and it already built up that credibility and relationship by asking for smaller things, then maybe, who knows, maybe it wouldn't have been so intimidating in that way. So I love that advice. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like has been in your life, career or otherwise, over the last two years, the biggest place that you have learned to control or influence it in a way that you didn't before? Mm, that's an interesting question. I, I think similarly to what I was saying before, it's obviously still learning, right? I had been in a, uh, a management role, right? So I had people that reported directly to me And in some ways, that's almost kind of easier to influence because you can say, hey, this is what we need to do. Let's let's make this the priority over that other thing. Uh, And the people that work for you will will go ahead and do it. When you have your peers or even right your boss or your boss's boss that you need to get action you know taken care of for a project to be done, uh, it's a lot harder to influence. And so I think it's really uh, what I've learned so far is it framing out what you're trying to accomplish, how it's going to be a value add and trying to be as specific as you can of this is what I need and this is when I, I need it by. And then when they don't deliver, you know, because they're busy people, right, following up and, and not in a negative way, but how can I help? Is there anything I can do? Do, do you need additional information? Is there anyone else that can can also help with this? With this? That has been somewhat helpful, although it, it is still challenging to get busy people to get things done. So I'm still learning and growing in that area for sure. Amazing. Anything else that you want people to know? This is your open mic time, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it's so much to know, but, um, you know, I I mentioned, right, the entrepreneurial 
piece, one thing that hasn't kind of come up yet. So a mastermind that I was a part of, the guy that runs it was looking to kind of expand his business. And, and I've had the opportunity to partner with him and launch a online membership platform. Really? Um, cool. So pretty small group, but could we get together? It's it's other people that are identifying a business they might want to launch or are just getting a business off the ground or have recently got it off the ground and, and kind of want to make sure that they keep it moving. And so I, I think maybe the lesson there is, right, there's probably a lot of people in your current network that you're already interacting with that can help you get to that next stage, uh, that can partner with you. Uh, whether that's in your job, whether that's people you know outside of your business, whatever the case may be, I think there's more untapped potential in, in our our lives than what we realize. And I think if you really get clear on what you want and you tell people what you're looking to do, there will be things like the partnership that I was able to form out of the mastermind to go and start you know, working on the side and, and building up a, a membership platform um, that we then hope to kind of keep growing and, and turn into a, into a full business. Hey, you know, it's kind of crazy. Literally every single success story that you've heard on the podcast where people have made a significant change in their career and life, every single one of those started with just two things, just, just two things. Number one, a decision, a decision to be able to do life and work differently from here on out and a conversation. Yeah, no joke. A conversation with my team. So if you've already made the decision that you're going to do your work and your career differently, much more intentionally, much more strategically, fitting your strengths and ideals from here on out, well then guess what? We'd love to have a conversation with you to figure out the very best way that we can help. Here's the easiest way to do that. Just pause this and send me an email, scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Put conversation in the subject line. That's it. Here's what'll happen my team will get on the phone with you or zoom and we will figure out the very best way that we can help support you for where you want to go. That's it. That's all you have to do. Scott at happenyourcareer.com conversation in the subject line and we'll help you get started. Pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm.